you'll see the big fish eventually when we put it up. The big fish? Yeah. I can't believe this isn't the opener I lead with when I make new friends. <laughs> um, and every time I talk about it, I, like, undersell it a little bit. Not on purpose, but just, like, you can't quite be ready for it. My grandpa caught a fish. It's you like have a big. taxidermy fish? It's not, like, taxidermy, but it's a cast, in, like, painted cast of the fish that he caught. Oh, okay. Um, it's pretty big. It's a big old fish? Yeah, pretty big. Um, I'm trying to, we're figuring out where to put it, but like, I want to <laughs> hang it up in the house really bad. Well, my it sounds parents, to me like it belongs on the mantle. Yeah. hundred fucking percent. But it's just like a space thing. Um, I don't know where, like, I thought you meant like outer space and yeah. I was like, is it wearing a helmet? Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> but, um, at my old house, like when I was a kid, like the house I grew up in, it was just like, we always kept it in storage and my parents did not want to bring it out. And then they like kept trying to get rid of it, but I was always like, no, <laughs> keep it. And they tried to get rid of it again this year, like when we moved into like, not this year, but like when yeah. they moved into the new house. And then like every year when they like, my mom's really big into Swedish death cleaning yeah. um, and she gets rid of a lot of stuff, but she keeps trying to get rid of it. And I'm like, no, I, it's mine. It's I yours want now. It so yeah. And so she's like, I can't wait for you and that fish to get out of here. <laughs> she didn't say it like that, but a little bit. <laughs> take your get out and take your damn fish with she you. wants it out of the house and i want it in my house so bad it's really cool it's amazing how like parents are like i want like this is the tackiest thing i don't want it and then kids are just like i need whatever i can yeah. to fill. <laughs> it's probably the size of like from where i am to the carpet no fucking yeah, way wow. yeah <laughs> yeah like 100 it's enormous <laughs> That might wow. be a little big. Um, no, I got to really see that. No, fish. that's pretty. Uh, I don't think it's quite my height. What you just pointed out, like this is a three and a half or four foot rug. Yeah, that's probably. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's enormous. Oh, my God. <laughs> I my grandpa wait. caught it and I was like, no fucking way. He did. Not that fish. Anyways, welcome to speaking of fish. Um, <laughs> what? Is, speak, oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> welcome Fuck. to Tipsy Terror. Um, Oh, Bell, refill Mr. Franklin's glass, will you? Now, when you get up there tonight, don't drink too much. Oh, don't worry, I won't. How about a whiskey and soda? Oh, less soda than usual, thanks. And this is wine. To drink. Just a bit might improve your humor. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. No, I've had a couple. Come on, I'm not drunk. And an excellent vintage it is too. But if you're implying that I'm tipsy, sir. Welcome to Tipsy Terror, a podcast where sometimes we drink, but not, I don't, nothing fucking matters. And um, it's about horror movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, today we watched Perfect Blue. Yeah. Which is a horror movie. Yeah. I was looking it up when you pitched it because I was a little hesitant because I was like, I really want to watch this movie. But on IMDb, it was just like animation drama thriller. And I was like, oh, shit. Is it just like one of those things that people like kind of lump in with horror, but it's yeah. not actually horror. But no, this is actually a horror film. Yeah, IMDb just pretty horrifying. sucks at doing. What is it? What was that thing that we heard that one time? Uh, once a horror movie is considered good, it becomes a thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened mm-hmm. with this one. Yeah, it's definitely horror. And it's really good. What, who said that? It was the the Mad Wolf people when we were talking about Silence of the Lambs or something like that, I think, is when. Yeah, so we watched Perfect Blue. Um, I'm going to look up the year. I want to say 98. 97. 97. It was just on there. Um, it's an uh, anime mm-hmm. horror film. This is... Have we watched an animated 
movie on this podcast? Yeah, Scooby Doo, Coraline, Scooby Doo. Yeah, Coraline, our first one. Uh, our first episode was technically animated. Was uh, animated. <laughs> Scooby Doo, we've done. I, why do I feel like there's at least one more? There probably is. Have we done at least like a bonus or something? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, who's yeah. this? Who's to say? Who yeah. knows? I think it's just those two. It's one of the rare kind of like animated horror mm-hmm. um, movies you get. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's really actually not that many, unless they're for kids. You know, right. like most, a lot of horror movies that are animated are children's, mm-hmm. like yeah. Monster House. That's been on my mind a lot lately. There's a lot of like horror anime, but it's like a lot of series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Perfect Blue. It's directed and written by Satoshi Kon. Mm-hmm. Um, who also did Paranoia Agent, um, which I've seen, and <laughs> me and Samantha are watching, but we have two episodes left. <laughs> we were watching about a year and a half ago, and then we f- never <laughs> remembered to watch the last two episodes. Oh, my God. Have you seen any of his other stuff? Millennium Actress, Tokyo Godfathers, and Mm-mm. Paprika are the other movies. We were talking about Paprika before <sighs> this because I always assume Molly's seen it, but apparently... No, here's the thing. A couple episodes back, you'll remember we were talking about lobster rolls and Cuban food, <laughs> how I've wanted both for like months and months and I just haven't gotten it yet. I've wanted to watch Paprika um, since one of my coworkers at Barnes & Noble told me it was <laughs> our favorite <laughs> so movie. That was long ago wow. <laughs> um and so it's been on my radar probably how many years ago is that maybe like f- at least four or five yeah yeah um, and i just haven't done it yet it's and it's one of those i always think about it and sometimes i'll like be like yeah tonight's the night i like rent paprika and i watch it finally right. i've seen the trailer so many times and i think didn't it play at gateway it did pretty I recently so, yeah. and i missed it and so Oof. i just haven't seen it yet but like watching this now like tonight might be the night Oh yeah, the motivation. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't seen. And yeah, Harish, you've talked about Paranoia Agent, and I want to watch it really bad, but I haven't yeah. seen any of his other. It's stuff. really good. That's the if only you like one this, that I've it's, seen. It's it is so much like this. Nice. Yeah. And you've seen this before, Molly? I have. Um, a couple years ago, that like, or maybe it was last year. Whenever that like horror, no, it had to have been last. Oh, year. that like thirty horror days of horror challenge. Oh, the Instagram oh, challenge that a lot of yeah, us yeah. did. Um, went around, and one of the things was an animated horror, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then <laughs> Perfect Blue came up, and I was like, "Ah, eh, sounds good." And then I watched it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was really good." Yeah. And um, I'd only seen it the one time, but it was always one of those ones that like stuck to me. So it, it's on my like list of greatest movies of all time on my Letterboxd. Um, yeah. I love this movie. I think it's like so like visually just like right. compelling and beautiful and horrific. And then um I really like the plot as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then you two haven't seen it. Right. No, this was your first time. I had no idea what this I had genuinely no fucking clue what this was about when we were going in. Yeah, right. I didn't really know what it was about. But I did know that it like inspired Black Swan. I about halfway through the movie I was looking up something else and I stumbled upon uh that some like people criticized Darren Aronofsky of Black Swan and then right around like a couple minutes after that I was I said out loud like oh wow he really did rip this off because like mm-hmm. there was just a moment where I was like oh this is exactly that yeah speaking of Darren Aronofsky he also did Requiem for a Dream and yeah. a really cool trivia fact about um this movie and Requiem for a Dream is that this movie there's like a famous bathtub scene in this movie where um Mima, who's the main character, is like in the bathtub, and then yeah. it cuts to her underwater, and she's like screaming. 
there's an exact shot for shot replica of that scene in Requiem for a Dream. And in order to do that in his movie, um, Darren Aronofsky had to get the rights to do a live action version of Perfect Blue. Yeah. So I guess he was inspired right. by this movie. <laughs> you think he's seen it? <laughs> Even though I saw a lot of people saying that he claims that Black Swan is not inspired by it. I simply can't. I think probably he didn't do it intentionally, but subconsciously, there's no way. I mean, there's too many, like, common there's shots. Too, yeah. the, the subway the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, there's common shots. And then, like, the ending is different, yeah. But the plot points in the middle there are so similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't seen so that. So similar. Um, Black Swan. Oh, you really? haven't seen Black Swan? No. Oh, it's really good. Despite being a complete ripoff mm-hmm. of this movie, it is a very good movie. I've read the screenplay, too. It's really I, good. I watched it for the first time, I think, last year. Really? I, yeah. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this with one of my coworkers today. Literally just talking about Black Swan. I was blown away. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did, but it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched it right shortly after it came out. I think it came out when I was in high school, and that's one of the reasons I realized I might have been a little gay. Uh, <laughs> that, that movie helped me a little bit. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman's just fucking incredible in it, too. Oh, she's so good. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that movie helped a lot. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Darren Aronofsky again, um, I do have some letterbox reviews. Hell if yeah. want to get into those. Let's go so, for it. Okay. Oh, so sorry. one more thing. On yeah. Wikipedia, it says that Darren Aronofsky acknowledged the similarities in Black Swan, but denied that Black Swan was inspired by Perfect Blue. Interesting. So, okay. yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not buying that. He probably but. wrote it and went back and looked at it and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. So the letterbox segment. All right. Um, this one Sam already accidentally saw. Um, Darren Aronofsky, retire, bitch. It, four and a half. It's four and a half it stars. It is four and a half <laughs> stars. Great job. Um, Darren Aronofsky really went and based his entire career around Perfect Blue, didn't he? Four and a half stars. Five stars. Four stars. Damn it. All right. Um, you're gonna you're gonna notice a trend here. Um. I can't believe someone saw Black Swan and said, let me make it a gay cartoon. <laughs> uh, four stars. Three and a half stars. One, One star. star? One star? Did, did this person think Black Swan came first? <laughs> There's no way. That's, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Darren Aronofsky really did snatch Mima's wig, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, four. four stars. Yeah, four stars. Um, Aronofsky's entire filmography has been found dead in its East Village townhouse. <laughs> um, five stars, four stars, four and a half. All right, last Darren Aronofsky themed one. I promise. If I win the lottery, I'm buying the rights to this back from Aronofsky. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then he can't make more films. Uh. Five stars. Yes, five stars. All right. Some more that aren't Darren Aronofsky related. Um, a documentary about being an actress. <laughs> uh, four stars. Four stars. Five stars. Ooh. Um, guys will watch Perfect Blue and then be an admin in a girl's Discord server. Oh, God. Uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Three stars. Damn, I almost said three. Oh. 
All right. This is just a star is born for people who like to suck toes. <laughs> Logging off of this. <laughs> Two and a half stars. Three stars. Two stars. Wah, wah. All right. Do you ever think about how this is just the first and only animated giallo? Oh, wow. That's good. That actually is a good point. Uh, four stars. Four and a half. Four stars. Um, the blue was not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called? We can talk about that in a minute. Why is it called that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go two. stars. Half a star. Wow. God, but also like a this. heart. What? Like, that one really threw me. That's weird. Um, Maybe they just didn't like all the weird endings. Maybe. All right. Doesn't become a true psychological horror until your friend's parents are in the other room during the club scene. Oh, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, <stars>. no. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, four stars. Yeah, four stars. Yeah. Um, okay, but there honestly wasn't a ton of blue in this movie, surprisingly. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> Four stars. Yeah, four stars. Good job. This is a, this is a, a lot of people's four star movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. I say this oh. in the most Minnesotan way possible. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three. Four stars. Yeah, four stars. Nice. Oh, God. Sorry. I lost all of them. Hold on one second. Oh, geez. I do not like anime except for Family Guy and SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Two <Half> stars. Star. <laughs> one and a half stars. Um, honestly, fucking annoyed at how much the stalker guy looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three stars. Two and a half. Yeah, three. Good job. Wow. Um, knew this was gonna be good when they drew the neon tetras well, and the first scene was of her buying food for her fish. <laughs> Five Four and stars. a half. Three stars. And the last two I... Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> this is the last one I... No, there, I have three more, but okay. the last two are special. Um, bye, because I watched this on a first date like a fucking freak. Oh, my wow. God. <gasps> uh, three Four stars. stars. Four stars. Nice. All right. And this review is from friend of the podcast, Maylee Lorio. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh, Maylee wrote, I mean, it's in the title. Perfect movie. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, five, five stars. stars. Yeah, five stars. Maylee liked this one. And then this one's from Quinn, also a friend of the pod. We can't go an episode without mentioning him. Nope. Um, reality, who needs her? Five stars. Four and no, a half. No, no, four and a half. <laughs> it's four and a half! Quinn Fuck doesn't you, give Quinn. five stars. Fuck you! Um, and that's all I got for you. Great job. Um, nice. I don't know who won, but you're both winners in my heart. Hey, listen to this song. Harish <laughs> 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 <Hurry>, won. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, so Perfect Blue. It's a good movie. It is a it good is. movie. I it's trauma, trauma, traumatic. That's <laughs> so. I really regretted recommending this. Um, a good deal into the movie. Several times you were like, "God, guys, I'm sorry." Yeah. Um, there's a lot I forgot. I really only remembered the ending part and a lot of the murder part. Um, and then some of the acting part. And then there were a couple scenes where I was like, "I didn't remember that," and I didn't remember how bad that was. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, you tend to they when don't you, like this movie. When you like the overall thing, you tend to look back at it with rose tinted glasses. You know, you forget. 
yeah. certain parts of it. Yeah. I forgot. Also, just, like, this movie's so fucked up. Um, it is. I'm going to, like, we should do a little warning um, for, like, rape and sexual assault. Yeah. We're going to probably talk about that. Um, And this movie does contain, like, very, like, graphic um, animated representation of that. So if that's, like, uncomfortable for you or something you can't handle, um, absolutely fine. Please Yeah, I'd probably say episode. just it's yeah, not yeah, worth yeah. it. Yeah. Um, And then this is not the movie for you. Um. But yeah, just just a warning for everyone out there listening. Um. But yeah, uh, we keep talking about how we don't know how to properly recap this. But oh we're my god, try. I am not looking forward to trying to describe the plot of this movie. I mean, it's easy. We can just like summarize certain bits. It doesn't matter. We don't have yeah. to go into detail too much. But um, oh my god, imagine yeah. if we brought back our seven minute recap for this movie, <laughs> and we all had to play a character. No. <laughs> <laughs> Also, before we get into this, so, like, the guy who's, like, the stalker guy, right? What is it with anime making the bad guys all look like... You know what I mean? Like, they always look like that. that, They always look like that. I don't know what it is, but it's a very common theme. And, like, at least the stuff we've watched, the creepy guys always are, like, so unsettling to look at. Yeah. God, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the cat is, like, forcing himself. Okay. But, yeah, like, they always have, like, their teeth are really spaced. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. can see. You always see just so, too much white in their eyes. Yeah. They got the hair. Like, it, it, it looks. The second I saw him, I was like, oh, so he's going to be killing somebody at some point in this yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. The But it's also interesting because, like, all the characters do look so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, there's they the, do, actually. So this movie opens with a concert because it's about this girl who goes from being a teen pop idol to an actress Mm -hmm. um and it opens with her last concert and then there's this group of like troublemakers who made like a scene at the at the previous concert or something they all like look very distinct Mm -hmm. and And one has the most in the (laughs) in the dub uh, <laughs> one has just the most ridiculous sounding voice I've ever right. heard in my he life. Right, he sounds like a middle-aged New Yorker kind yeah, of Yeah, and he's me. supposed to be some sort of teenager. Just like a teenage troublemaker, yeah. I also noticed that a lot of the voices in dubs, I don't know if this is in general or if it's just like this one, but like it sounded, they all sounded very Southern. And I know that people from outside of America, when they mimic American accents, they tend to make a Southern accent. And so I wonder if that's on purpose because they sounded Southern to me. I didn't catch that. Yeah, they did. Um, and I, I know that like anytime I hear like a British person or something do an American accent, it's always like a Southern one. That's really funny. Because huh. that's just what they think that people sound like. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed that the dubs definitely sounded a little country. Yeah. So so the scene is really cool because it's just like it's basically a bunch of different it's a montage Mm -hmm. but like you're telling like a lot of backstory within it it just drops you in the middle oh my gosh yeah Yeah, so much yeah so much was happening i was like oh shit i i don't know if i can keep up first it's like um some people outside or it opens with like powertron some sort of power rangers thing Mm -hmm. um doing a performance in a mall and then it's followed up by a concert but like it cuts to like people like chattering by the way bring this shit back <laughs> mall performances oh, yeah my please God. i'm a mall worker i would love this yeah <laughs> if there was shit going on at the mall i would be there <laughs> right 
That would rule. That, that kind of phased out very much early in our childhoods. Like, mall performances. Oh, my God. Like, they still kind of continued to happen, but mm-hmm. they weren't as common. This movie is so 90s. It um, is. We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but, like, with, like, stuff like this and then um, the technology. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The tech was incredibly the 90s. Internet. <laughs> the internet. Learning about the internet. It's really cool. That's I a bet plot Maddie point. likes this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is so for him. We should... Let's text him and see. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish. We'll find out. Um, no, so the um, the woman who... So you find out that basically through all this montage stuff that this woman, Mima, yeah. is leaving like her idol group to become an actress, um, right. like Harish just said. And um, her fans of like the idol group and pop group are um, kind of upset that she's leaving. She has a lot of like very dedicated fans. Um, Which is valid. Yeah. yeah, you're allowed to be mad if your pop idol leaves that's, their group. That song fucking slapped. Yeah, like it I was get really it. Good. But it's also it's not officially announced yet, right? No, but it's, there's theories, there's rumors, mm-hmm. right? And you then, can always tell when they're about to leave. So she gives like her performance and then officially announces it as right. her last one after like the song is done. And the scene is really cool because like it cuts from uh, the people gossiping to backstage and they're all nervous, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to like. Um, the future it cuts to like her after the performance right in the subway and then it cuts back yeah. and all the transitions they like match the cuts really oh my well. god yeah it's really cool there's um, a lot of that in this movie it's it's yeah. awesome and everything looks so like the the um, one of the reviews described it about the fish food <gasps> like it all looks so good like mm-hmm. very interesting and like well drawn and stuff the style is great like yeah. it's that like perfect like 90s anime so, oh my god like actually another fun fact about this movie they lost the original 35 millimeter footage for this so they had to oh, put wow. this together using lower quality um oh like wow. other stuff that they had that's so. interesting i mean i think there's parts where you can tell but i just thought that that was a choice you know i was like oh that's it's it, fine it, i would never have known yeah yeah um, but yeah, it's that like really. I love that like old '90s anime style, and this is very much that. Um, right. Very like aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, especially in like establishing shots. Like I love when they do oh, like yeah. the shots of the city and the train is like going in the background. It just looks really cool. Yeah, it's very like peaceful. <laughs> y- yeah, until it's not. <laughs> yeah, until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So Mina announces that it's her last show. Mima. Me- oh my god. Mimarin, I think, is what they yeah, call it. Mimarin. Yeah, yeah. Mimarin. Yeah. yeah. So she's leaving the group. Um, this is her last performance. And uh well before she announced that the little troublemakers start a fight. They get mm-hmm. rowdy and then they start a fight. And also we're introduced to this weird stalker character. Oh my god. Who it it like his introduction is him like looking up at her mm-hmm. and like holding up his hand as if like in front of his face you know as if he's like um it it has a his perspective and his hand is like holding her mm-hmm. yeah um as Which she's performing I liked that I thought that was it's a cool mm-hmm. shot and then it cuts to his eye behind like his hair is covering it and it's like a close up mm-hmm. really creepy and cool yeah and then like uh, at the end of the performance he walks back and then the the troublemakers start a fight with him mm-hmm. um and then uh yeah the fight just gets obnoxious and then she like makes them stop and announces that she's leaving yeah um and so like she's being escorted out of the mall after the um show yeah and somebody hands her some letters right um like fan letters and um 
she gets back to the house. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, before she gets back to the house, she stops at the grocery store to get fish yeah. food. And yeah. then and she her milk and, and mineral milk water. And, yeah. And, and so she, oh, sorry. There is like a cabbage or something <laughs> that she picks up. Yeah. Anyway. So she gets to her apartment and she feeds her fish. The aforementioned tetras from trivia, right? And they're drawn very well, I will say. Um, yeah, I do really like the aquarium drawings. She stuff. apologizes to them for forgetting to feed them the day before, mm-hmm. right? And um, she like opens one of the letters, and someone had yelled something about this. Yeah, right. She was leaving, he says, but uh, "I've put up a l- no, I've no, yeah." He says, "Like I, I always love watching Mima's room or yeah. something." And then in the letters, like. Harish was saying um, she gets a letter and it says I put up a link to Mima's room and there's um, a written out website link Mm -hmm. Um, but Mima doesn't know how to use the internet (laughs) yeah also she gets a fax at this point yeah it says traitor oh really Uh, yeah Yeah. um, okay Olivia Rodrigo sorry is that Olivia Rodrigo thing it's a song yeah it's really good okay also, the scene, like, we get a lot of s- shots of her room, <gasps> just, like, static shots. More just, like, peaceful little shots of her room, and yeah. it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a poster of, uh, what is it called? Chima? Oh, Ch- Cham. 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 And that's the band that she was in. And she takes down her poster to signify that she is moving on to a new chapter in and her and life. And she perfectly, perfectly rolls it up off yep. the wall and, and then just tosses it, it right into the bag. Yep, that's perfect. the perfect imperfect blue yep. is how well she executes <laughs> that. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, she says, bye-bye, Mima, the pop idol. Um, And then I kind of forget exactly what happens next it cuts to her set and then uh like rumi is explaining what what the internet is oh and rumi is her manager yeah like one of her she has a couple managers rumi is one of them right i don't remember the other guy's name yeah i don't either rumi seems to be like like more of her like her personal like she not her like assistant like she's a manager for her but she's like kind of all personal al- elements that other guy seems to be like specifically her like um movie talent and television yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah like kind of a talent agent specific yeah. like the, the woman Rumi's her manager and i guess he's more of her agent yeah because yeah. he's very business mm-hmm. right and Rumi seems to actually like care about her like yeah. she gets upset when things happen to her yeah um and we can talk about the dynamic between that but um what happens later with kind of the mm-hmm. two managers but um a manager who's a guy is kind of like always pushing mima to do these like more sexual roles yeah. and stuff yeah um and, and rumi is a, very against it so yeah. that's an interesting like kind of thing that comes up later that we'll get to um so mima's on set for her um big film or TV debut TV show, yeah, and she only has series. one line, and so she's like nervously practicing it as they're like filming this show, and it's a kind of crime. We should talk show. about the plot of the show now, yeah. just so we don't have to yeah, do it later. True. Um, the show is about um detectives who are trying to solve the murder of this woman and other people. Like maybe five people have been killed. Yeah. Um, and they're looking for a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the victim's sisters has just woken up from a coma in the hospital, and so they're talking to her. And Mima plays the um, that's Mima's victim sister. And also, when it the first shot we get of the show, um, it's the two 
detectives, I guess. One of them mm-hmm. is, I guess, a psychiatrist because they keep referring to her it's as It's very doctor. much a show that would, like, tear up CBS prime but, like, time. Like, did Shonda Rhimes could write. Oh, yeah. Did you pay attention to, like, her, her first line? They're yeah. talking, um, and she's like, uh, why does the killer cut off the skin of his victims? And then um, the d- male detective is like, maybe he gets like some sexual pleasure from it. And then she's like, I think he wants to become one of them. Yeah. You know? So it's just silence of the lambs. Yeah. Oh the my God. Yeah. To rip off. I, yeah. I actually <laughs> did think that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's on set and she does her one line and her two managers come up to like the director, maybe in the writer and say, Hey, put Mima in more, like give her more screen time. Like, yeah, we know she's just a pop idol. And um, he's like doing it in like a friendly way, but also it's like kind of desperate. Pushy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, come on, like, use me Marin more. Right. Um, and, like, in the middle of all this happening, um, there's uh, fan delivery, like, letters for the woman who plays the doctor, psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, is her name Eerie or something like that? Airy. Airy. Yeah, Airy. Yeah. Um, the ca- is that the character's name or the actress? The name? actress. Okay. I don't remember yeah. the character's name. I don't either. But um, there's one letter for Mima. Yeah. And her like male manager opens it and um while right. Mima's on set about to deliver her first line the manager opens the letter and there's an explosion right it's like right as they start like it's three two one action and then <laughs> there's an explosion mm-hmm. which is so it sounds cool. like a gunshot also yeah mm-hmm. i thought that he got like i immediately was like oh shit already wow and then um but yeah it, it cuts to him and like his hand is bleeding yeah uh, apparently there was like a small bomb in the letter mm-hmm. and um mima catches a glimpse of some of the torn off letter and it yeah. says the next one will be for real or something yeah like this that. is a warning the next one will be real yeah and so um the manager isn't dead he's just like injured um yeah he just like his hand is bleeding so this like upsets mima and she's like reflecting on all of this yeah and then <laughs> the next scene is uh Rumi setting up the computer and showing yeah. her how to use the internet <laughs> and which is so funny and mima cannot th- at one point rumi says something like double click and mima's like what, what? double click <laughs> that was so funny I yeah that scene. <laughs> it's great and like later when she's typing in the link that she read in the thing it's like, like h-t-t-p-s oh my god it's like very interesting to see um now like obviously right what, like we we're raised on the internet yeah. yeah somebody who like doesn't know how to use it yeah who's, in the who's 90s. young and doesn't yeah. know how to use the internet i wonder like um that can't have been like true to like how people were in the internet maybe maybe, maybe. Just, like, i mean, mean the early think internet. about like older people nowadays still can't understand like control f and stuff like you know what i mean like the all those like little shortcuts and stuff if you were to say to use those that would like break their brain because they can barely understand typing in a website and they were the ones that were going through this transition so i actually believe it mm-hmm. i mean there i've i've had bosses that i've had to just explain unbelievable things to okay. before so like i i believe it all right i just yeah. like that was something i wasn't sure 
about um i'm yeah. sure young people probably caught on quick but if that's her first time ever interacting i could see i mean she did catch on quick she immediately the same night goes to the website oh yeah and she's like addicted to it uh yeah she finds it it's called idol online yeah and she clicks the link to mima's room and there's mima's diary on there um and so she reads mima's diary and it's describing exactly like, like down her, to her life. emotions it was like it describes the grocery shopping at the very beginning mm-hmm. um that we see and her picking up the water the mineral water and the milk with the cow on it specifically and it talked about her stepping off the train with her left foot instead of her right and it's like when it did the foot thing she was like haha that's so weird they know me yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow it's I like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um and then it's basically like someone is stalking her and also like getting in her head kind of yeah like they're writing it from the perspective of like this is mima's actual diary right um which is so fucking cool yeah um but she's like not really thinking that it's creepy she's kind of just like oh right she's just like how are they how do they know all this she doesn't like really like isn't really scared about it yet Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. i mean she's an idol so she's probably used to people being kind of obsessive about her yeah Yeah. so um uh we learn that the group without her just the duo of cham is doing better they they're 83rd on the pop charts um and uh she um is this the point where she starts to get like bigger parts of like well they they decide to put her they okay so they've decided to use her more Mm -hmm. and the writer's like i've got uh great ideas like you guys have no idea what's like coming it's great and so they write her in and make her character bigger but the thing is the scene requires her to be a part of a rape scene yeah oh and but there's an uh, there's a meeting with the agent before that we we do see other scenes of her and like this is a part of the movie where it starts to to just play a scene as if it's like mima yeah and it's her normal life and then there will be like someone yells cut and they stop and then you realize oh this is just a scene because like there's a scene where she's walking on the street and someone comes up to her and is like do you need a talent agent uh you could be a model um and oh, then yeah. it cuts oh, someone yeah. like someone yells cut so it like looks like someone's mm-hmm. just harassing her at first but it's actually part of the show yeah um and so there's a lot of like it, it starts to set up the fact that there's kind of like you as a viewer don't really know if you're watching the movie or if you're watching the tv yeah. show mm-hmm. within the movie yeah like blurring the lines between like fiction and reality yeah yeah so they oh, or as maddie healy would say blurring the lines between art and reality there you go and also there's a lot of like mirror slash camera imagery <gasps> yeah there is oh so good or like window reflections and yeah reflections oh the first God. time she um she goes okay. on the website like we see it reflected in the mirror behind her i um, love that shit so much yeah and there's a lot of mirror stuff before like anytime she's on the subway there's like a reflection in the mirror oh my god yeah oh it's so cool and it sets up for later right like so incredibly well um, yeah which we'll talk about why it's like important but like doing it so early like and innocuously like really right makes it like 
so cool later. Yeah, and then in that scene from the movie where she like the guy comes up and asks her if she wants to be a model, it opens with her like stepping out of an apartment and then she walks past this like store with a bunch of TVs in the window yeah. and she's reflected in all the TVs. Yeah. Um and then like the scene cuts and then she looks over and then the guy is there. The creepy guy from the concert is there and he's recording her. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> there's more like camera imagery. Yeah. Um, there's also this great effect with like dreams and blurring time that like yeah. has a similar effect um, that kind of comes into play a little bit later in the movie. Right. Um. But yeah, like how Sam was saying, she has to be like in this rape scene. Right. And um, Rumi is immediately against it. She's like, no, mm-hmm. we don't need it. We'll find other ways for her to like move on. And then she just out of the blue is like, no, I'll do it. Like, it's my burden to bear. And that's the yeah. blue because it comes like incredibly fucking out of the blue. <laughs> um. So they're like on set for this scene. And it's it's horrific. It's not fun to watch even no. as an animation. No. You know, what's weird about this is it continually reminds you that it's fake first of all it's animation so it's already fake yeah but then like every few minutes there's a cut someone else cut and they're like okay pause and then the guy who's like Mm -hmm. doing it to her like is freezes on top of her and he like says i'm sorry yeah Uh, like he doesn't he's uncomfortable as well and she's like it's okay don't worry and then it's it like restarts and it's still like super effective as a, a traumatic scene yeah it is even horrific though to watch. several times during the scene they're like wait r- reminder this is this is fake remember yeah. this is a fake scene and then it cuts back to the scene and you still are affected by the it whole that's time, why oh go ahead i was just gonna say the whole time i was watching it i was like what tv show would need this <laughs> yeah exactly like Especially what a show that would be airing on network yeah television. like right. why would you need this right what were you gonna say um that's the part when i we were watching i was like that's so fucked up i like really think the fact that like it they're filming it yeah. Like, as a show, and it's, like, a part of the narrative versus, like, how, like, real it could look. Like yeah. It, that really fucked with me. Right. Especially given the whole, like, scenes where she's, it, like, cuts between, like, how Arish was saying this is a scene from the show, but we make, it, like, looks to be real. I think that, right. like, dynamic is really well horrific in this scene. Also, like, earlier in the movie, I can't remember when, but there's this bit where she, like, looks at the lights uh, I think it's like when they're performing or something like that. But then there's this in this part, you kind of get a POV shot from her and like she's staring into these lights. Mm-hmm. And so there's yeah, this whole thing like about like just kind of like losing her mind into that. And so like I almost think that like going through that was very not fun for her. And that's kind of like this is oh. very much like the she's she's just gone. You know, she's Absolutely. gone off and switched over. And so Rumi's really upset about all this. Right. Yeah, and she then, cries. So this is interesting about this because is she actually affected by it or is she just a good actress no uh, so i think um yeah i think she absolutely is the scene where she comes home and her fish dies which happens right after she trashes her room yeah Yeah, i saw that as more of like a kind of that was like so upset that her fish died that was like probably the final straw but like all of the trauma of having to do that scene and then later in the bathtub I think yeah. like it all has like accumulated. I, I absolutely think this affected yeah, I, her. Yeah, I, right. I think that this is what kind of sets her off mm-hmm. because because then if you think about it, the people who later get punished are the people who are the reason she had to do this. And this is the scene that gets her basically branded as a slut yeah. and is like right. ruining her career. But 
So at the end of this movie, it's revealed that Rumi is the bad guy. Yeah. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Depending really. on how you introduce, uh, how you interpret the ending. But also, yeah. so this scene, like, it cuts to Rumi and the other agent in the, uh, just like behind the scene on set, like watching, mm-hmm. and Rumi starts crying, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just wondering, like, what if this whole movie is Rumi's perspective on what well, she thinks so, Mima is going through? So I also think that like this is one of the this is the moment where Rumi kind of turns too because, um, Rumi is obsessed with Mima, obviously. And she was adamantly against Mima being like tainted like this. Mm-hmm. She was so against it. And then after this is whenever all that stuff cut starts happening. So like Rumi doesn't like what she's watching because it's ruining this woman who's like a like perfect in her mm-hmm. mind. So like this is just ups- this is ups- as upsetting for Rumi as it is for Mima because Rumi like almost like. Mm-hmm. becomes that that's like her persona so like right. her persona is being ruined as well i that's how i read it but harish i really like your that is a good point though a lot of this movie also directly deals with the idea of how you're perceived by the fans because mm-hmm. like she does interviews later on where she's like oh i want to be known as an actress and then like there's people talking and they're like yeah i bet all the fans are like mad <laughs> that you're not how you normally are like that's not the real mima or whatever yeah um so like it it also because like it makes me wonder like is is this actually how she really feels or is this how are people projecting their feelings onto her and then this movie kind of has a dream logic about it you know i think that's good but i also think that the scene immediately after this answers that she did not like doing this either right yeah right right yeah um that's a really good scene yeah and it's one of those things, like, if you're kind of just, like, not, I don't know, you, like, don't understand people's emotions, you could be like, oh, she's sad that her fish died, but, like, no, it's, so much of this movie is about how, like, trauma and stuff builds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when Sam says this, this is, like, the turning point for her, um, this is the point where she starts to kind of, like, hallucinate and, like, see herself talking to her about how she's ruining her own career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very much, like. And it's unclear if, like, I don't know. This maybe isn't as unclear, but, like, it's real to her that she's, like, seeing these figments of stuff. But, like, I think animation does this really interesting. It's unclear if, like, she's actually seeing things or if um, this was just, like, a visual representation of, like, how she's, like, processing her own thoughts and feelings about um, this career change and the things she's, like, forced to do in her career. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, in some form, her talking to herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, like, this movie could not have worked as well as a live action because, like, the way... So, what I'm talking about... Something about her is so mystical when she's looking at herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you wouldn't get from live action. She, like, sees herself in her, like, in, like, various reflections, how we were talking about earlier, like, in mirrors and in windows. And it's herself dressed in her former pop idol costume. (laughs) And mm-hmm. her reflection will tell her, like, you. I don't know. Like, I can't think of a specific thing, but basically, like, basically, she tells calls her, her like filthy like and stuff like that. Yeah. You're like tarnished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I think um, animation is such a perfect medium to convey that kind of like visual storytelling, and I, 
I don't know. I just think it wouldn't have worked as effectively. Yeah. For right. Yeah. We also see the blog. Um, uh, the the creepy guy is the one who's doing the blogging, right? Because. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the physical blogging. Yeah. And then Rumi's the one that's emailing him the stuff to blog. Which oh we find God. out later. Yeah. And um, so you, we see him in his room blogging. Yeah. And I love this visual, too. Um, Just from, like, kind of, like, art department perspective. His room is, like, a computer room. Like, very dark. Like, yeah. Like, kind of dingy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, like, it's, like, very stereotypical, like, right. Discord guy. Yeah. Like, Hacker, obsessed yeah. with whatever. Um, there are all these posters of Mima. Yeah. Like taped up in the corner. It's just like her face over and over and over again. Um, and there's a scene later where he's kind of like hallucinating about yeah. Mima where all the posters start talking. talking yeah. About it. It's so good. Right. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so she goes and reads the diary online. She, she does that TV interview about how she wants to be an actress. Mm-hmm. She wants to be known as an actress. Cause this also kind of it, it remind me of like Disney star, like Miley Cyrus, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. where like she started to do more sexual music, I guess, and then like people like couldn't see her as a Disney star anymore. That's all people want to talk about and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, which because at first I was like, I mean, it's a rape scene, like. <laughs> Why would any of the fans care about that? But then, if you if think Miley about Cyrus it, as did that, yeah. yeah, a Disney star, then it makes a lot more sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, she goes on the diary on the blog, and like the blog is talking about how oh they all made me do it. I didn't want to do it. Help me, help me, help me, help me. And she's like, I didn't write this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like shocked by it, and then like she starts to have her reflection in the in the computer is taunting her mm-hmm. and then comes out of the computer and is like you're filthy you're tarnished you can't go back to being a pop star mm-hmm. um and then like flies away <laughs> flies out the window she does and- this like skippy thing where she basically f- she's skipping but like in a very floaty way and then she just kind of skips off the balcony right yeah um so then we see the screenwriter in a parking garage and this is a really cool scene um he oh holy shit wait is this the first yeah yeah Yeah. okay he like he sees someone else in the parking garage or something and he's like who's there and then he goes the elevator and then there's like music playing from it um and is it like it's probably a cham song yeah Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah yeah and it like the elevator comes down and it opens and there's just like a cd player in there um and then it cuts to the elevator opening and the dude is dead in the elevator with his eyes his eyes are poked out poked out yeah very creepy oh it fucking rules yeah Um, very good murder that that's my favorite Mm -hmm. of all the yeah probably no no it's not no it's not i lied (laughs) Um, the one that happens later might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. But, okay, so our... Okay. So, was this murder done by who? Um, Rumi. Or the... Or the creepy guy. Or... Because doesn't... 
whenever okay the pizza we'll get to the pizza delivery one but that was right. actually her right i don't know no, it's I vague that, I think that was it's her. like hard to like the movie is unclear but okay. cuz there's a lot of like there's a lot of parts where the drama series overlaps like yeah mima herself starts to get confused about whether she's yeah. in the show or in her real life okay there's a lot of like overlapping so this so was probably R- Rumi or the guy i think it was um Rumi as her like yeah Nima yeah persona. in the wig and stuff yeah okay that makes sense yeah that was my interpretation um and this was the one that i just wasn't sure on yeah right yeah this one um i think the um the elevator kill could have been either yeah they don't go into it and it doesn't right they don't really explain it and i don't think it needs they to don't need to explain, explain it explain yeah um but they like um everyone's kind of freaking out about this the next day yeah this, like writer has died and she's like sad about it like her agent is driving her um and she's sad about it and he's like you gotta smile like nobody wants to see an actress sad or something like that so she like looks at a reflection um in the car window and smiles and then another car passes by on the other side and then it's her alter alternate version the imposter mima Mm -hmm. smiling and it pauses there and it's like really creepy joker moment yeah and that was her joker moment um like she she makes him stop the car and then she like looks back and but the the other card just disappears um but yeah that was a really cool scene Mm -hmm. um so her (laughs) former um bandmates i guess are talking about how she's doing like a risque photo shoot yeah they definitely look down on her and then the so okay so the the rest of the cham duo are preparing for a show um and there's a a shot of the audience and the creepy guy is there yeah but also there's like rumors that that mima is gonna show up like people in the audience are like talking about oh do you think it's true that mima is gonna show up and and then we cut to her photo shoot and she's like she's like I don't know, wearing a, sh- a button-down like shirt. pajama, Pajamas, lingerie yeah. type style. Yeah, like a lingerie photo shoot. It's very oh. reminiscent to me of the um, Britney Spears famous photo shoot for Rolling Stone. Mm. She's wearing a get-up basically just like that, and she's like talking on the phone. And it was very much the time, because Britney Spears went through this um, where she was you know, young and popular, and then she started getting very like sexual in her content because it was she was being immediately marketed as that as soon as she turned 18 and that was all her interviews were about were just Mm -hmm. like oh sex this sex that and this was a very famous rolling stone cover like when i was interning in new york there was like a whole thing about the 90s or something that was a tv series and that was a billboard in times square a couple years ago like that's how famous that is and it reminded me of that photo shoot so it's very much like that if you're familiar with that photo shoot yeah and And it gets like like the photographer is pushing her and like yeah to go he tells her to take off her top and yeah and like other characters have said like and it maybe i think it was the women from cham saying um yeah the photographer is like is very pushy yeah Yeah. um and then it cuts to the concert and then the other girls are performing (laughs) in their matching outfits 
Um, and then uh, it cuts back, and she, like Mima is in like the bathroom, I guess, hiding. Um, and her agent is like, "Come out! Like you promised you would do this, or something like that." Mm-hmm. And she's just like nervous, I guess. And then her alter e- uh, her imposter shows up. And is like, aha, you like basically taunts her and tells her she's tarnished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the imposter like fly like goes through the door and then shows up at the other concert mm-hmm. and comes out and then <gasps> the creepy guy is filming it. It's a great match cut. Yeah. Um yeah. Not it's match interesting. Cut, but like transition, like how they do. Right. And so at this point, I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> the imposter is just the 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 guy, the creepy guy's version yeah. of her. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. Um but then we get the iconic bath bathtub shot. Oh my god, um, yeah. where she screams and she screams bastards cuz it turns out that they just published her nudes. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah yeah because you get shots of like a little later because like when they're doing the photo shoot you see her like taking it off a little bit but then you get shots of oh no he took like just straight up nudes of her yeah yeah you see like her memory and viewing them right and then we see the guy in his computer room and this is a scene you were talking about molly where the posters start talking to him and the imposter shows up and like starts telling him like uh to protect her and he, she he's uh she's like i trust you mr romania mm-hmm. um and then it cuts to a shot of uh mima talking to the actress the, who plays the the doctor on the show the psychiatrist on the show and she is talking about how my other self is like I'm afraid of my other self and then the doctor says something like um illusions can't come to life or something it's all right there's no way illusions can come to life yeah and then uh like they she like uh, I think she messes up like she pauses or something and then they cut and you realize oh this is the show yeah and so the plot of the show is that she has a double mm-hmm. that's, that's also like chasing her or like terrorizing her. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then it's, she she uh, sees the creepy guy in the audience and yeah. then he's gone again. Like when she looks back and then she like wakes up. Yeah. And the same thing repeats. Right. And there's this is like a sequence like she keeps waking up mm-hmm. um, and like she's fine. And then for one of them, like, Rumi comes to visit and then, like, the whole day repeats and she wakes up and it's the same day again with, like, shooting and all of that. Right. And Rumi comes to visit and she's like, I haven't seen you in forever. And Rumi's like, what? I saw you yesterday. Yeah. So Mima is, like, losing her grip on, like, time and reality. And it's done in this, like, insanely effective way where even we're not sure, like, what's show, what's real for her, what's dream. Yeah, she, like, in one of them, she goes, um, like, the other two people from Cham are on the radio, so she goes to see them, and then they're like, oh, hey, Mima, and then the imposter Mima's there, and the imposter Mima runs away, and she chases her, and then, like, they do a lot of chasing until, like, she get falls in the street and gets hit by a truck that's being driven mm-hmm. by the creepy guy mm-hmm. and then she wakes up 
And that's when me <laughs> Rumi comes back and then she breaks the cup in her hand. She has a cup of tea that she's drinking. She breaks it oh, God. in her hands. And then she's like, is this real? Is is anything real? Um, and then she like wakes up again and her hands are fine. Or no, she no, she says, is anything real? Um, and then she like she talks about how maybe she's more me than myself. And then Rumi says, it's all right. There's no way illusions can come to life. And then she, <laughs> Mima wakes up and she's on set because that was a line from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she is in a daze still, so they have to cut. And then, so like it starts to overlap with the show. And you start like, you start losing patches of memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Right. This this was a sequence that I really liked. Like, I get why it can be weird because it, like, fakes you out a bunch. And it does, like, I get why people could find it annoying. But I really like this kind of idea of, but like, not knowing shoes. what's real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you really understand what she's going through seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I just thought of a recommendation oh I, that's all I, yeah, every time i look at my phone i'm writing down a yeah, recommendation because yeah, i keep yeah. thinking of them oh i wrote i literally wrote my recs down when i was at work today so really? i wouldn't forget them mm-hmm. and then i forgot my post-it note that i wrote them down <laughs> so i had to write them on my phone um yeah so there's a lot of these weird things and then um we go to the photographer's apartment <gasps> where he's watching the tv show Mm-hmm. and um, this is like one of my favorite scenes in the yeah, movie yeah. and it's my favorite murder for sure um yeah. he gets a pizza delivered right. and um he's like big body big yeah. body pizza it's like you're kind of and he's like talking to the pizza delivery person he's like you're kind of weird for like a pizza delivery person <laughs> yeah and the delivery person pulls out like kind of a screwdriver and starts stabbing he stabs the stabs photographer right in the eyeball in the eyeball oh. and there's yeah. a there's a beat yeah and like you see a little blood drip out of the eyeball and he like pulls out the screwdriver and the blood just pours out oh and it's that like beat too where like everyone's in shock like the photographer's in shock about what just happened like he can't process it and he starts screaming when it starts like gushing out oh my god and then so the killer like chases him through the apartment and like stabbing him multiple times Mm -hmm. and then um the killer's like hat comes off or something and you see that it's mima mm-hmm. it's and mima, yeah they're in front of the show and um mima is on so he's like watching it it's like imagine like a projector kind of projecting onto a wall right um mima knocks into the ground in front in front of the um tv show up on the wall and is like stabbing him and stabbing him so you get this like visual of mima in front of her face that's being projected yeah, yeah. and it's um it's sick it's it's a perfect scene yeah it's really good but maybe that it's perfect perfect blue blue blue. um perfect blue yeah would would anyone else have any thoughts it's Uh, yeah it's just really good it's like the best like i love that horror trope where like people get killed and like there's something happening on the tv and mm-hmm. it's like it parallels yeah, and what's it's happening. projected on top of them this is that but better because it's so personal to her i googled it yes perfect blue is called perfect blue because blue in japan is the color that's associated with happiness so it's called that 
because blue means happiness. Oh my god. Oh my god. Mm. Um, the manga I'm reading right now is called Blue Period, and it's about a guy who finds happiness through getting really invested in art. Yeah. So apparently, blue is that's what blue means. Also, everyone, just like right now, while I'm, it's on my mind, please read Blue Period. Ple- <laughs> I am like no longer asking. I am like desperate at this point for more people to read it. The fourth um, book volume comes out um, next week, and so <laughs> perfect time to get caught up. It's I, you two especially. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> You're gonna be waiting a while, but keep going, keep going. Please read it. I've got, I've got so much I on the line. I do not give a shit, Sam. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I will eventually, but I have too much on Fine. on the shelf. All right. Anyways, continue. Sorry, everyone. So the scene ends with a voice saying, all right, take three. And then I, I forget exactly. I think Mima reacts to that. And then she wakes up in her bed again yeah. and her hands are perfectly healed. Yeah. Um, And so she's like looking on the website i think and it tells her that she was out shopping yesterday and she's like i don't remember going shopping or maybe that was earlier that was earlier yeah. and so she's like thinking about this murder and she gets a call saying oh my god did you hear the photographer's dead are you okay right she's like what he's dead and it's kind of like unclear if she's like reminiscing about like having she's really this confused murder. Yeah. because it feels familiar mm-hmm. and so she opens her closet mm-hmm. and she sees a bag with the pizza delivery like clothes in it yeah bloody in clothes blood. in it yeah so and then there's a knock the murder. and there's a knock on her door and she drops the bag and she's freaking out and so she's like shoving and like rushing to get the clothes into the bag and then she like shoves it into her closet and gets dressed and she opens her door and it's freaking paparazzi asking her about the question but like her face when it turns on her she's mm-hmm. not like startled or like her face seemed oddly calm in that moment it was weird yeah did you yeah, also get weird. that sense like she just felt weird yeah um she yeah and then it cuts to her on set and then she's talking to Rumi and she's like maybe that truck hit me and all of this has been a dream oh my god and then the scene that they're filming is a murder scene um so the guy that i guess the director is like okay so you just killed him so um like work yourself up or something like that yeah and so she like starts preparing as an actress and starts like um breathing really deep and like getting into the like the the headspace um and there's like the knife on uh like on the ground and like the bodies are all bloody and then the body like wakes up and like or it gets up and like looks up looks at her and and sits up oh my god so good yeah, and then it cuts to a scene from the show where she says that her name is Mima Kirigoe, and it's like... She used to be a pop idol, but now she's an actress. Yeah, and then the doctor, the psychiatrist, is explaining to the detective what's going on, and she's talking about how this girl um, is... Her real persona is the character in the TV show, and she thinks that she's the character, or she thinks she is just a character, but she yeah. thinks in real life she's Mimi. So basically, the implication is that um, the uh, rape scene from the show actually mm-hmm. happened to her in real life, and she was like a stripper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to. I guess get past that the trauma of that 
she like imagined that she is an actress and she was just doing a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they call for take two. Yeah, and then they call for take two, and then they repeat the same explanation. But instead of talking about an actress, they talk about how she, her sister was a model or something. Yeah. And she took the persona of the model, and now she thinks she's a model. So, like, the same explanation, but, like, more fitting with the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's that kind of, like, what is what is real and yeah. kind of dreamlike quality of this movie um so wait so really you're talking about like the killer reveal how Mimi's mess character yeah well it's kind of like it makes you think that that is what is going on in the movie yeah mm-hmm. that she is like you think oh so this movie's just gonna explain it like this yeah and then it's actually like kind of a fake out Mm-hmm. and that's actually just the plot of the show and the yeah. show is different and then yeah and then <laughs> she's like that's right i'm a model instead of saying that's right i'm an actress in the previous scene but anyway the show ends and they're like oh cut that's, that's a, a wrap. wrap that's a wrap on the show it's the end of the show and so they all leave um and mima goes to get changed and then the actress, the other actress who plays the doctor, um, like walks past her and, um, Mima refers to her as her character. Yeah. She says doctor or something. And the doctor's like, no, I'm Aerie. Uh, like remember, uh, something about like, the there's story. no way illusions there's can come to life. You yeah. can stop dreaming now. She says, and then yeah. she walks away and then Mima looks over and the creepy guy's there. Oh God. Yeah yeah and he like attacks her he saying um you're not the real mima the real mima told me to um get rid of you because you're a fake right which is, and he's she's like what who are you and she's like yeah the real mima would um recognize me like as mr mamania yeah yeah and so he like brings her to like a stage and a lot of stuff happens and he attacks her and stuff and then ultimately she's able to like she reaches down and she grabs a hammer pretty classic shit and like smacks him in the head with it and he like gets up and stumbles away and he um dies mm-hmm. well, well yeah, she like hits him with the thing yeah and he passes out yeah um and then she runs away but so like before that scene um uh so like he grabs her right and then it cuts to the parking garage where Rumi and the agent are there and uh Rumi's like so what's her next role and the agent um like is going to get into his car and he's like oh she has a starring role in a movie and then it cuts away well and then he says that it involves some um steamy scenes or something like that he's like oh well what are you gonna do yeah and then it cuts away and then uh, so then we have the scene where the guy attacks her. Um, and then at the end of that, like, uh, he passes out and then the lights come up and then it's like, it's a scene in a movie and everyone and like someone says, all right, looks good. And then Rumi finds her and, uh, she's like, um, 
like Rumi finds her, I guess, and then they go back to Well, her the clothes stage. are all tattered up and Ruby's like, What's wrong? What happened? So she goes to bring her back to the stage. The but guy then the guys stab her? Did he get a stab in? I can't remember. He like cut up her, all her clothes. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't actually stab yeah. her or anything like that. But then the guy's gone, he's not there, and Rumi's er, and uh Mima's like, What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rumi's like, Are you sure you weren't just dreaming? Um and then they like are driving away and this is a cool shot because it's a reflection but the reflection in in the window of the car shows both it's it's mima it's an angle on mima's face and her reflection is there but also the reflection of rumi is in the the car window as you're watching and so rumi's like talking to her and is like Mm -hmm. uh you're probably okay and then, like, Mima starts to fall asleep, and then Rumi says, uh, we're going to go back to Mima's room. Yeah. Um, and Which, then... That immediately, when she said, we're going to go back to Mima's room, I was like, since when did yeah, they I was say like, that was weird? Okay, that was weird. Yeah. Um, and but we then, don't know yet. Yeah. And yeah. this is where it goes from good to great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Mima takes a nap and um, wakes up. Mima just wakes up, cuts to her waking up oh, in her room. Up. Yeah. She wakes up in her room and she sees her fisher there and her cham poster is hanging up on her wall. Yeah, and, and all the fish like, are alive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, her fish had all died, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what? This isn't my room. And then, what's this? Another Mima comes out comes and in, talks yeah. to her and she says, She's like, no, this is Mima's this room. This is Mima's room. And um, Mima, the real, like, well, we should just call her real Mima. Yeah. Um, real Mima looks at her reflection and is like, what the fuck? Um, what's happening? And um, because she's talking to a reflection of herself. Yeah. But um, and then the reflection's like, oh, do you like my outfit? I think it's perfect. And she's wearing like this kind of red um, fancy idol number. Um, yeah. Outfit. yeah. And Mima's like, I'm a pop idol. Like her reflection Mima is like, I'm a pop idol or something. And then there's a shot where you look in the mirror. Right. Like a mirror is reflecting the reflected mirror, Mima. And it's actually Rumi. Yeah. Dressed yeah. in this costume. With and also wig. there's like their voices are overlapping. Yes. Oh, it's so fucking it's good. It's really good. Yeah. So it's revealed that mm-hmm. the imposter Mima is actually Rumi. And Rumi also just thinks she's mima she yeah she has like this dissociative identity where she um believes herself to yeah. be mima but like an idealized pure pop idol version of mima yeah um so she's been doing all these things and like setting up all these murders to preserve that like young um so idealistic version of mima yeah. yeah to take care of like all the people who are ruining her image exactly and now she has to kill the real mima because she thinks the real mima is an imposter yeah for doing all the things so then um they fight a little bit and i want to say mima gets stabbed she, does. she gets stabbed yeah she by gets the s- um rumi pulls out the screwdriver that she's used to and kill gets her all in the, the shoulder so or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. So then they there's, there's a, a huge a fight and oh, then Mima oh. jumps out of the apartment balcony onto the building below. And right. this is so cool because the way they do it, it's Mima running after it's Rumi as Mima running after the real Mima. Yeah, and she's like doing that skipping yeah. floating thing. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, I I bring up because in a little bit they like do the thing and it's, it's really so good. Fucking cool. But yeah, she's like perfectly like 
unbothered just kind of mm-hmm. doing that like creep, you know like whenever killers are chasing after their prey and they're just kind of like walking this meme is being really cute about it and like it's yeah like the skipping floating thing yeah. that we saw earlier um, right. so then they there's a big chase and eventually um Mima gets cornered and at some point their reflection Mima gets an umbrella acquires an umbrella yeah they have like kind of a scrap when they're stopped yeah. and the screwdriver gets knocked out so um, and Rumi at, grabs an umbrella and at some point around this time is whenever you get a cut of the reflection Mima doing her float thing but then you see oh. like right next to it um, in, in like a window reflection is yeah. like Rumi and you see her like she's like struggling running. and running like you can yeah. tell that this is she's an actual sprinting. chase mm-hmm. and that like Mima is running for her life because this Rumi is like actually going for her and she's like sweating and frantic yeah. it's yeah. such a great um juxtaposition to have that like floaty Mima yeah um that we see in like this dream right. um, that Rumi's created versus the reality of the situation so um, then she stabs Mima in like the back Mima's like crying for help and they're yeah. like kind of running on the rooftops and they get knocked down to the street below yeah and she stabs uh-uh. Mima in like the back kind of like lower back with mm-hmm. the umbrella and like knocks her into a store window that yeah like shatters yeah and then does the umbrella also yeah it does um no 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 just kidding um sorry what were you saying i was just saying she got stabbed i don't remember exactly yeah. how it mm-hmm. happens after that Rumi stabs her with the umbrella and um and mima grabs Rumi's mima wig off of her head yeah that's yeah. it and this like breaks the illusion for Rumi, so she starts freaking out and mima like throws it inside the store with all the glass in it yeah so Rumi like frantically dives in um to get the wig but she's impaled on like a big shard of broken glass from yeah. the window but she's able to grab the wig and i think she puts it back on yeah she, she does. puts it back on and turns back into mima and so she's like injured and starts like stumbling out in the street right and there's a truck coming and so she like holds up her hands in kind of that like performance stance like she's looking into the spotlight the lights Mm -hmm. are coming in to this right but then mima dives and saves Saves her her. Mm -hmm. right a lot of this i will say um is very very hard to recap yeah um (laughs) you should just watch the movie if it's something you're able to um handle because um we're not doing i feel like we're not doing it justice by just talking about uh, what happens. i mean you know the imagery we can't convey but it, i mean we i think we're doing the plot fine yeah this is gonna sound like a stupid sentence but bear with me for such a visually i was gonna say for such a visual film but for such a like for narrative like for um live action movies you can do a better job describing and picturing like, yeah. what happens but the way they animate this is just so beautiful mm-hmm. um and like complex and it does storytelling in such a unique and um powerful way yeah that i feel like by just talking about it you don't get the sense of what this looks like but it's you have to watch it yeah. to really right. like get the full effect yeah yeah um but yeah um mima saves rumi and then there's like a um cut to like the future and rumi's yeah. in a psychiatric facility but it's it's kind of like she still mostly thinks she's mima yeah it's like psycho yeah and a psycho and Um, then mima is just coming to visit her and check in on her mm -hmm. and And she's like accepted that she'll never see Rumi again yeah right and then she goes out to the car and then looks in her her uh rearview mirror and is like no i'm the real thing Mm -hmm. yeah and then the movie ends yep and that's the end of the movie all right so both of you guys liked it. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. 
Right. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I thought that I would like it, but I actually really liked it. Like, mm-hmm. going into it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably just, like, you know, a standard, like, pretty solid film. But, no, it's, like, really, really good. It's mm-hmm. got a... It's very scary it's a psychological thriller for sure because like the whole time i was questioning what was real like i could not figure out i did not even predict that Rumi had anything really mm-hmm. to do with it to yeah. be honest i had no idea isn't that good yeah, yeah. how they do that yeah i love that i mean yeah. i'm sure some people could but i i didn't personally i had no fucking clue when i watched it i, I like went in not knowing anything about the movie um and it really it threw me but um oh my god in such a perfect way right and it's really cool. I really liked your reading of yeah. the film earlier. That's something I hadn't thought about. And I think when I go back and watch it next time, I'll go in kind of with that person. It is very concerned with that. Like it, it talks a lot about like fan perception of, of the, uh, like the person, the celebrity, like parasocial relationships mm-hmm. and stuff and how that also is kind of like harmful for the celebrity themselves. Oh, mm-hmm. Cause like she also like doesn't know who the real her is yeah like the trauma of like losing yourself to like fame and giving up um your values to like, yeah have a successful and I mean, career and think about how many people have had to do that and, and also she's the being constantly talked about in a negative way based on the decisions that she's not technically really making for herself and right. think about like people we don't even know, like who aren't even in anything that have like gone through this ringer to try and be famous mm-hmm. it's just insane i think this is a great ki- and i feel like this is where people don't always read it correctly like it's such a great commentary on like um the negative side yeah stuff mm-hmm. like this um and like the trauma it can cause and a lot of people i feel like are like i don't know i don't know what i'm trying i'm not trying to like put words in other people's mouth well, but you I know mean, what people, i mean I they people just read tend it wrong. to dismiss typically a lot of female celebrities um whenever they say like you know they talk about hard times and stuff it's like ah oh, you're rich but it's like okay well some of them have not had yeah. very easy climb yeah up to the top mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it tends to be not like this where people frame you to be crazy and mm-hmm. like kill people around but like i mean a lot of this traumatic stuff that we see Mima not really want to do but it feels like she has to mm-hmm. a lot of actresses well like when actresses start off in a career and they're making their like contracts and stuff with their agents about like oh when i get these roles this is what i am willing willing and willing not to do um a lot of them have to very explicitly up front be like i'll go topless i won't do this i won't Mm -hmm. do these kinds of scenes i'm willing to do like subtle sex scenes i won't do anything like that they have to do it up front and they have to get it written in contracts because like famously historically they'll get on set and then they'll get pressured into doing more than they're supposed Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of it's caused a lot of trauma for a lot of actresses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so like, like I forget where I was going with this, but like what she, what she's going through is like, it's a real thing. Like it's a real commentary. on Oh yeah, for sure. And this is like coming out in 1997 before like people even thought about this stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, like, at this point, like popular culture was making fun of all the actresses who go through all of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it was pretty common to see a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah, like I mean, this was like in in everything. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Really good movie. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. All Should right. we do segments? Yeah. I sure. I'm ready to do segments. 
Um, so what would you do if it were you in this movie? Oof. Oh, God. Not log on to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just Is continue just, like, to be a lesson <laughs> yeah, for everything. Just don't, don't log off. That's the answer. <laughs> don't look at comments. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I were in Mima's shoes and I was in a pop group, and I had people saying, oh, you're going to do a lot better. You, like, you were made to be an actress. Like, you'll be a star. Like, I would listen to them. I would probably pursue, if I'm being told, like, this is the way to be famous. Mm-hmm. I am probably also going to pursue that. And, like, the way she gets talked into it and tricked into it, like, it's pretty easy to find yourself in those situations. So, like, I feel like it would happen to me. It's like the boiling the frog metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you throw a frog, like, right in hot water on... Um, it's gonna jump out but if you turn up the heat like little by little you know it'll get sucked in yeah and i feel like that's this movie um like little by little things start like getting to her and chipping away at her and people like take advantage of her but she's so um unaware of this pressure as she um tries to achieve her goal of being famous yeah yeah i would definitely um fall into this shit probably pretty easy Mm-hmm. yeah i guess i really um especially if it was one of those things like oh you just have to do this um oh you just have to do this you're like yeah oh, okay okay and like as someone like you like i've sacrificed my moral values to like yeah for something i wanted or thought mm-hmm. i wanted um so i i mean i relate mm-hmm. yeah i'd probably do the same thing but I wouldn't go crazy. <laughs> I'm Who just different. I'm, different. I'm already crazy. Like this is, you know, this is just a logical next step for me. I would log onto the website and be like, "What the fuck? There's someone stalking me. I need to call the police." I could see myself falling into believing that the TV character I'm playing is consuming my life. I could see that happening. Oh yeah, I've had worse paranoid delusions. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. I like. This is going to be something else, like, in my recommendations as well. But, like, something that I always freak out about, not freak out, but, like, it's it's a fear in the back of my head that is that, like, like what I'm experiencing is not real. It's, like, fake. Because, yeah. like, anytime I drive a car, I think about what if I got into a wreck? I think about that every I'm time I'm driving actually just, like, imagining that I'm driving, and but actually I'm in a different situation you know yeah. like what if this is just a hallucination yeah. can relate like, that kind of thing always like freaks me out as a concept mm-hmm. so like i really like this where it's it like that's literally what this movie is about where you you can't differentiate like where you are like what's going on really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's a really good <laughs> relatable part of this mm-hmm. that i really 100%. liked so uh, there's no acting in this, yeah. so I think we can skip that. Yeah, for some reason, I like kind of do wish we had watched um, the original subtitled version because um, yeah. I think sub like voice acting yeah. is like always better, almost always better. Um, because the the dub is not no. well done, <laughs> no. which is unfortunate. I think the first I mean, time I watched fine. it, I watched I mean, it's, it. It's fine. Sub. A lot of the side, a lot of the side characters are silly but i mean yeah. it's fine but it's I mean, not that's normal for anime yeah stuff. it's not really worth 
you know, breaking into the acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, villain ranking. Who's the villain? Yeah. So the who's fake Mima, or the creepy guy, or just the entertainment <laughs> industry as a whole? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't think I have a villain for this yeah, one. I don't I have either. a villain for this either. We could do Rumi, but like again, like I don't think it's that cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. There's a lot of systemic problems <laughs> <laughs> that contribute to this. The villain's actually Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. So I guess just we're going to ratings. Yeah. What are we rating it out of? Ooh. Neon Tetris. I was about to say dead fish. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, How many times you would call cut <laughs> and then realize that you're not <laughs> in a you're in a scene? Ice pick, screwdriver, weapon things. Big boy pizzas. Big boy. Pizza. <laughs> big body. Big body pizza. <laughs> big body pizza. Um. How many idol websites? <laughs> What was the first one we said? Neon the Tetris. Fish. Yeah, I kind of like the fish. I'm trying to think of another one. Fan letters exploding. Yeah, I don't know. How many um, psychosis-induced um, mirror shots? <laughs> <laughs> How many mirrors... Would you give this? How many reflections? How many Cham hit singles? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss here. Someone else pick. I I was fine with fish. Okay. Okay. How many fish would you give this? Can we rate it specifically out of tetra fish? Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of fish she has. I'm not just yeah. like pulling that out of my ass. Yeah. I know because I had one. <laughs> <sighs> anyways so who oh wants to go first? i cheated and i'm on letterbox right now oh i mean i was gonna give it 10 because i thought i, I really like this movie i thought it was a perfect blue um <laughs> wait should we just rate it out of how good the blue is yes how perfect okay. it is um <laughs> But yeah, I, I just really like this movie. I think it's like definitely needs to come with its like warnings before you yeah. go in and watch it. But um, like it's it's like very psychological in a way that makes me question what I'm watching. And I very rarely like truly question what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was good. And the animation is really cool and neat. So, yeah, I really liked it. Oh, my God. I just thought of another wreck. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I mean. This is a um, five, five, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I almost said five star, but like I meant like um, right. it's a 10. Yeah. It's a perfect blue. I yeah. love this movie like a lot. Um, I'm glad I watched it again recently. Um, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch fucking Paprika tonight. If not tonight, then tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then Paranoia Asian. Like I want to see more of what this guy's done. Right. Um, yeah. I, I really like this movie. Again, visually it's stunning and then the story is just so um compelling yeah um are you done yeah i'm done uh i'll also give it a 10 yes this is, oh. a perfect blue. <laughs> this is huge we haven't had well we had the thing um, yeah yeah we did but 
for a while we weren't getting like all tens. Yeah. Oh my god. And I was sitting over here all nervous <laughs> about recommending yeah, this. Yeah, the whole time you were like, "I'm sorry, you guys." I'm like, uh, the whole time I was like, "I'm gonna be giving this ten <laughs> stars." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, there's a lot of like stuff in it that mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of themes that I would love to rewatch and like get more into. You know. It's it's really good, um, and also like so beautiful, so well sh- mm-hmm. like so well drawn, um, and it looks great. I will say, um, this having my second time watched it and kind of knowing a lot of the themes already, the mm-hmm. second watch is really cool. Yeah. Um, like I noticed much more like how effective the visual doubling was, and yeah. um, how cool like the TV versus like reality right stuff like becomes yeah um, it's really great yeah definitely this is a movie you should watch more than once for sure for sure yeah so recommendations Ooh, i can start i have kind of a lot oh, i'm sure so do I. a <laughs> lot of other people are gonna say the same ones i have um maholland drive mm. oh, actually, by david lynch that's good um requiem for a dream specifically for that um bathtub scene i did recommend black swan as well um scream three just because it's a um horror movie that takes place on a film set yeah mm-hmm. donnie darko um for kind of the blurring between mental illness and reality um videodrome Ooh, good one and then um a couple animated movies um paprika which is his other one which i haven't seen but like it's one of those like it's an instant 10 star for me <laughs> i know i'm gonna i know i'm gonna like it yeah um and then akira um mm-hmm. it's just another like beautiful like is it eight that's 80s i think um it's just a like very pretty movie if you kind of like are more into anime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then separately from that i independently can ask me about this um i have a lot of regular anime tv show recommendations so mm-hmm. not that would relate to this really but i like talking just about it general anime and i'm also always looking for new anime recs so if you have any please um tag us in some recommendation stuff that's all I got. What are yours, Samantha? Okay, let's see here. You said Black Swan, right? Yeah. I wanted to recommend King of the Hill. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> when this first started and I heard everyone talk, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm watching King of the Hill. Which, fun fact, is a lot of Japanese people's favorite uh, American, American show, show yeah, because yeah. it's like very anime like in its quality and it's a good fucking show I love that show you want to hear something upsetting yeah. next time you come over to my house or see my dad um, you have to ask him to do his Hank Hill impression is it really good because he can do the dang it Bobby <laughs> like perfect it's so scary <laughs> that show is so funny and it reminds me so much of growing up like that is like <laughs> y'all it, it just it's very good um for so, the presence of propane specifically it's <laughs> <laughs> crazy like propane boggle like it's just it's so weird That's awesome. so much of my life was spent refilling propane tanks Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh let me see here um i what the book i wanted to recommend the book that i just finished reading it's called s like the letter s and it's um i you heard me talk about the ring book series before by um koji suzuki 
it is a really good series. It's what the ring movie was based off of both of them, you know, and everyone who goes around saying, Oh, well the, the original Japanese one is actually better and more accurate. No, it's fucking not. It's nothing like anything in the series. I'm just going to say that now. Uh, I, I, I got somebody the other day, we were talking about the ring movies and they're like, Oh yeah, the original is more accurate. And I'm like, it's not, it's not accurate. I accurate to the, book? the books. Yeah. It's not, no. it's fucking not at all. Yeah. Um, anyways, so S is a, um, so there's the three, the core three books in the trilogy, and then there's a, sp- a spinoff of short, three short stories from within the universe um, called Birthday. It's really good. And then there's S, which is a um, way in the future after the events of Ring story. Who's this by? It's by Koji Suzuki. Um, and uh, S has a character that's got a woman who is paranoid because she went through something traumatic when she's younger and she one of her her plot line is that she is convinced that somebody is like tracking her and following her and that some of the people in her life are like no you've just been through a lot and you're just really stressed right now um so you're you're kind of you might be seeing some things and she's trying to figure out if it's real or not Mm -hmm. so like him following her and her having trouble like determining if she's actually seeing him i was like oh this reminds me a lot of what's happening that book is so good and i don't even think you kind of have to read the rest of them because the book does a lot of recapping of the plots of the previous ones so Mm. it can explain what's happening so if you ever just want to just read that i think you can do it and still understand everything that's going on um i wanted to recommend not just scream three but all of the screams and i have specific reasons for all of them for scream one just the general 90s feel and also stabbing with an umbrella (laughs) um scream two because she questions her reality and if she's seeing him a couple times in that movie uh scream three because it's murder on a film set and then scream four because the idea of like wanting to become your idol is a huge theme in scream four and also there's a parking garage murder in scream four. Oh my god all of the screams have like very weirdly distinct things it, scream one came first but like all the rest of them have like weirdly similar things with this mm-hmm. movie um i wanted to recommend also framing britney spears which is in my opinion not a perfect documentary about britney spears because i think that some people that are involved in it definitely just wanted to be on tv um and like associated with britney spears but it is a really really good documentary to put you into the perspective into the perspective of like what it was like in this exact time period and i already compared her to britney once um going through and trying to climb up the fame machine because like what britney went through when you learn about like how immediately she was sexualized and how she was she became a villain in the eyes of the public for embracing sexuality, but also was not quite ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very upsetting to like know that like that's what led us to like what we're at now and like the whole free Britney movement and everything. Like it's a, it's very good to teach you kind of more about that and at least set you off into learning more about her life. Um, again, it's not a perfect documentary. Um, and then uh, with that, her song Lucky, because <laughs> thematically Lucky is about being unhappy with your fame because it does it brings like ups like sadness and depression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also when I was younger, I used to think Lucky was about somebody trying to attempt to murder Jamie Lynn Spears. For some reason, I thought that that's what the song Lucky was about. And so I associate that song with murder. <laughs> um, piece of me also. Oh, piece um, of me, yeah. That's about kind of like her recovering from her public meltdown. That's a really good song. But yeah, those are all my recommendations. Good um, stuff. I had a few. Uh, I want to recommend this movie called Director's Cut, Ooh. which is written by and starring Penn Jillette. And it's a very odd movie because 
the concept of the movie is that this is the director's cut of a film with the director's commentary, except for the the director in this instance is an insane fan of Missy Pyle, the actress. So like what he's done is he's taken the raw footage, I guess, of a movie that she's currently in and then like edited in extra stuff from his own life handheld camera and he's narrating it as the director's commentary um it's just very weird um it's not as good as this not nearly as good as this but it is and like it goes in weird places and like i don't know it's just very weird and odd Mm -hmm. but i would definitely recommend watching it as sort of another kind of like weird stalker fan sort of movie um yeah it's it's weird uh another one is barbarian sound studio which i i saw so long i think i saw this in like 2013 or something or 2012 um i have not seen it since but it's about um the main characters uh played by toby jones and what he does is he's like a foley artist so he gets hired to do foley for um like giallo movies Ooh. right and it's set during that time period um but it's kind of weird because it's kind of implied that the movies that he works he's doing fully for are snuff films and there's kind of like towards the end there's sort of the the same sort of like you don't know whether this is a movie within a movie or whether this is actually what's happening it like has that sort of dream like overlapping sort of thing towards the end of it uh but i i don't remember anything else about that movie but it's it's a really good interesting movie it was actually like mark kermode's movie of the year i was about to say i feel like i'm constantly getting recommended that from mark kermode uh, also because they're him and simon are obsessed with uh toby jones yeah yeah. toby jones rules he's Um, great in first cow and then my last recommendation is this uh, comic book short story called The Courtyard by Alan Moore. <laughs> um, so Alan Moore did a series, kind of a series, but um, about that's sort of like a um, Lovecraftian series, but also like about Lovecraft himself as well. It, it it's like l- the idea of the series is that Lovecraft somehow tapped into like a real existing thing. Um, I've only read, so it start the first one that was written was the courtyard, which is really good and really creepy. And then it's followed mm-hmm. up by Neonomicon, which is odd. <laughs> um, there's a lot of like, just like sexual assault in that. So it's like, and it's not as good in terms of just like creepiness as the courtyard. So like, I I don't like I wouldn't recommend it for everyone but if you want to read it then read it's it's interesting but then that is followed up by a series called Providence which is like I haven't read it yet um but I want to read it and that is uh everyone considers that as like a really good um th- like series um the courtyard is also like 10 pages long it's a really courtyard is really short it's only like four issues or something or maybe just like three issues or something but it's very short it's very short and it's about this uh like 
weird racist FBI agent who is investigating a series of murders that have some sort of weird, like they're all connected in weird ways. Like um, the victim's hands were cut off, but each one like was tied to a completely different, completely random person. Um, But yeah. And so he's investigating this crime and then like, he goes to a nightclub and then like something happens to him that it's, I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's like really short and really good. Mm-hmm. And it also has that sort of like overlapping where is this a dream or is this really what's happening at the same time? Cause at, towards the end, the last um, part of the, the story um, is about this guy like walking back to his apartment or something and it's like sort of overlapping in whether like he's narrating it as if he's remembering it but also like he's doing it at the same time so Mm -hmm. it's 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 very it's the kind of like fear that i have of like being like not being aware of what's happening to me you know but yeah so the courtyard highly recommended um but yeah that's that's all i had well, I think that's I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. I do have one more recommendation. Just generally, um, the new Lil Nas song "Industry <laughs> Baby" is so fucking good. I can't stop listening. It to just it. passed a hundred million views on YouTube. That rules. I love that. It's a perfect song. Um, if you're on the side of TikTok that I'm on, um, it's been used in many a haiku anime um <laughs> edit, edit for good reason. Um, so yeah, check. Give it a stream. Yeah. yeah, and uh, right. you can follow me at not a credit card and everything. You can get me at Save Our Shaggy. That's a Scooby Doo reference on everything. You can find me at Midsummer Queen on Twitter and Letterboxd, and you can follow the show at TipsyTerror dot com, Tipsy Terror on Spotify, SoundCloud, um, other places yeah. maybe. We're on Twitter at Tipsy Terror, Tipsy Terror dot com, Tipsy Terror dot WTF, Tipsy Terror dot um RIP. RIP. Tipsy Terror dot P-U-B dot Yeah. <laughs> 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 he said it. Oh my god. Is that your first dot pube? Uh, no, I think he's I, I think you've attempted this before and I think he's okay. tried to do okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Um and is that did I get everything? Yeah. You can email us at tipsyterror at gmail dot com. Tipsyterrorpod at gmail dot com. If you email us, we will be alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> email us your favorite like rec- I want to start hearing from our listeners about recommendations about movies we should watch based on the podcast episodes that we do. Yeah, yeah. That is good. I actually am yeah. starved for content at the moment. So. <laughs> well, not I, I want to watch Paprika. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm starved for um lobster rolls and content at the moment. So Yep. Um, yeah so send us your recommendations please i think that'd be super like a good way to kind of get new stuff coming in um that's it bye bye